Das war's. <laughs> And we're back. We're back. Welcome to the Spiritual Graffiti Podcast. I'm Ruby. I'm that's me. that's Pete. Yep. Well. <laughs> How you doing? Uh, I can't. I mean. Like you I can don't... never really complain. You ha you you always like you said you things are always pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's this. funny because I'm part of like this um it's called the Cosmic Collective. It's like they do a festival every year, but I'm part mm -hmm. of like, the Discord and a lot of people are just talking about like feeling the energy right now. I and, feel the energy right now. Yeah, and I just feel <laughs> like uh I feel like Maybe it's just like my nature of like when I do feel stuff that makes me feel uncomfortable, like I get into like a mode where it doesn't bother me or, you know, like, I don't know. I always feel like I rest on that. I believe in God. I believe in a higher power. And I believe that no matter what happens, there is some sort of divine order or there is like a divine plan. And then if yes. there's a fine plan, like, I'm here for a reason. So, I mean, the part of me that loves to be, like, productive and efficient is, like, why are you going to waste time worrying how bad the energy feels or <laughs> how intense it is? Like, do something to make yourself feel better or, like, focus on what feels good, you know? I mean, I, I maybe uh that's, like bypassing or whatever you want to call it who cares mm, like, I don't... that's what i do like that's how i've always been it's like if something you know like if something sucks you know make something of it you know like i don't know well that's i think that's i don't want to be like you know you're coming from a you know pretty like privileged perspective like that's not what i mean at all but i do think like while I also believe in God and think like I'm here for a reason, I ultimately think like everything will be okay, like it'll all work out. It doesn't mean that like things don't feel shitty sometimes. And I think like we differ on this point a lot, which is that like if it feels shitty, like I want to acknowledge it and I want to like let myself like mope a little or like, you know, like I want, <laughs> I will allow myself to feel the, the, badness i guess i mean i don't i don't want to live in a state of like super high anxiety right like that's not helpful to to fixing anything you can't just like sit around and do nothing but i don't think it really serves me either to pretend like everything's fine <laughs> when it's just like because lately to me it seems like it's like one little thing after another and it starts to like culminate and it does give me it does stress me out like I've been very like edgy and stressy and my mind is like going at a million miles a minute and part of that I think is like I'm you know I stopped taking like my uh like ADHD medication my Adderall for one there's like a shortage out there I think I've mentioned this on the pod but like and for two like I think it's like giving me more anxiety like it's not I think it's kind of not serving its purpose that it's been serving for however many years I've been taking it yeah, um like a couple years but <clears throat> but like it is an adjustment because I'm used to having this thing that kind of like 
jump starts <laughs> my my energy and kind of slows my brain down a little bit. Um, and ADHD, like if you look at it, like I feel like I definitely have ADHD in some form or another. Yeah, every I think we all kind of do. Like we're all like we've all been programmed to like need this like constant stream of like activity or like uh you know, everyone I know sits and watches a TV show and is on their phone like talking to people or looking at Instagram. You know, like nobody can sit still and just like do one activity. Maybe you can, you probably could. It's funny because like I look at ADHD in a sense like to me it's like a superpower because it allows you almost to stay more in the present moment because you're just like flowing that's true there's that does that is a factor i am not like complaining about my adhd i think it it makes me like a smarter person i think like i i have like yeah i think i sort of have this superpower to kind of be able to like do a, a bunch of things at at one time or kind of have like be you know be present in the moment for each thing that i do but then i can switch gears kind of easily i can you know, go down a rabbit hole and like learn a bunch of information really quickly and kind of uh, like I just get really excited and interested in like a topic and I'll just like learn a lot about it for a little while and then kind of go to it in a different direction. And I I, I don't know. I, I There's a lot of good things about it, but I do think that like being medicated for a long period of time and then kind of just stopping out of nowhere, yeah, it is an adjustment like it is. And I think like it's been a good adjustment but at the same time like I'm having to kind of relearn some of the like coping mechanisms that I used to have a better handle on like you know um like things like meditation or just like breathing techniques things that help like slow my nervous system down a little bit because I have a tendency to just like ramp up really like I'll I'll be at like a level 10 for no fucking reason and you know I'm talking a million miles a minute and I'm just like all over the place and I can't focus on I can't really accomplish any I can't finish a task like this is how I describe it like if I'm like cleaning my house right I'm doing like a third of each thing like I'm I might pick up like I might do like a third of the laundry and you know most of the dishes and I'll sweep the floor, but I won't like vacuum, you know, like I can't like, I just, I can kind of like go and do a bunch of different things, but I'm never like completely finishing a task. And it's really hard for me to like start a task. And so when I feel like things start to pile up, like when I have a lot of tasks or a lot of things that like I need to handle or deal with, it gets very overwhelming. And I can kind of like, I just shut down. I get kind of paralyzed by this, like, like I'll wake up in the morning being like, I need to do this and this and this and this and this. And like, yeah, but like then I can't even bother to like get like it's hard to like start any of it because it just feels like a mountain of a problem, you know. But like, what about accepting that? <laughs> accepting that, like, I can't but do it all. Me, like, I'm I've been doing an extension on my house with COVID for about a year and a half now, and I've been doing a lot of the work. Like, I'm almost done, but like, I congrats. Have- finish work in my master bedroom and like I'll start doing the trim and then I'll start painting and then I'll start sanding. And it's like, I do like a half an hour of each because I get bored with doing something. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel. 
But in the other hand, it's like over time, if you're doing that every day, you're getting a half an hour of each done. And, you know, by a week, you see a big difference because you've done like a little bit of everything. You know, like, why not accept that aspect of you? Like, yeah, I think for me, I just beat myself up. Like, I just feel like I should be able to just like, why? I should be able to complete a task. It's just, it's like a programming thing. It's like a, it's some, I don't know. I just, I, I think I compare myself to like other people, like other people in my life, especially like, you know, the way like my sister is or the way like. Why not compare yourself to somebody who's. Slob and does nothing. <laughs> um, I think I, cause I feel like I'm the slob, you know. Like I feel like I'm like the person who like ends up, you know, just like. I mean, there's like literally a pile of of laundry on my floor that I'm like, I look at and it drives me fucking nuts. But yet, like, yeah, but you're. I'm not doing anything about it. Yeah, but you're. You yourself on somebody who's perfect instead of somebody who's like the same as you or worse than you like you're choosing that yeah i was actually thinking about people i know like when i've like gone to their house and been like oh my god like how do you live like this you know <laughs> like so, and i'm like i i know like i can i can live in a mess but i can't live in like straight up squalor you know <laughs> it's like there's a lot of like disorganization there's not like i don't know there's a difference between like I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. It's it is just a self judgment. It's like a, it's not real. And I am better at handling it, but it, I do feel like it's not just like the daily like tasks that I have. There's like other stuff like that I'm having to deal with. Like okay, I'm still trying to get a job. I don't have a job. I have like some car issues. Like I have a flat tire. I have some other things that like I have to deal with. I've court on Thursday for a speeding ticket that I got. That's really stressful to me. I really don't like those kind of environments. <laughs> I'm like building up. Like I, I can feel myself like having a panic attack in the courtroom, you know? <laughs> and I don't want that to happen. I don't think it will, but like, there's a part of me that's like feeding into this idea that it's going to be like a disaster and like I can't do anything I like I don't have like income like I don't I can't fix a lot of these problems there's nothing I can do I'm trying to be okay with the fact that like there's nothing I can do about it at this moment like I will eventually figure it out but so, like why not just surrender into that instead of like what does that mean how do you do that I don't know you just People say that shit all the time and I'm like okay like I mean, I am surrendered to it. Like, I accept that, like, I can't, like, fix my car. I can't, like, pay off this ticket. Like, whatever, whatever. But it doesn't mean it feels good. That's kind of what I was saying earlier. Like, it doesn't mean, like, it feels comfy or, like, I can't just – it doesn't feel comfy to me. (laughs) You know? Like, I think about this a a lot because – just like you, you're around people who like. Sometimes I, I feel like I'm just like an alien. I know I'm like Aquarius and stuff like that, but it's like <laughs> you're okay. around. Like I have friends, right? I mean, I was just I was at a friend's house this weekend with my wife, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like little things that I notice that like other people do or act, and it's like like for me, like I have a um, a wood burning stove, right? I have little kids. I have a two year old. 
I think everybody who's come into my house is like, you should really put like a gate around this. You know, you have kids, blah, blah, blah. They'll get burned. And I'm just like, eh, like, cause it doesn't really, I don't think it really fits well or whatever. So. My yeah, son- no, I think, I mean, your kids aren't dogs. Like they're, no, whatever. Like they need, like they can, they can sense that something is hot and not to touch it. Or if they yeah. do, like, it's probably, they're not going to stick their head in the fire. You know what I mean? Like they're not retarded. Sorry. No, he touched it once and he burned his finger. And of course, like I don't want my kid to get burned. Of course not. Of course not. But was he okay ultimately? And did he do that again? He touched it when it was warming up, you know. And he reacted, and now he's never. He like walks around it, and whatever. But then, like, I went to my friend's house this weekend, and he has a fireplace with like a glass covering, and then they mm-hmm. had like, two fences and gates in front of it, and I'm just like thinking about like how some people are just like worried about every little aspect of their life. And it's just like, I don't know how people live like that because I Mm -hmm. feel like it has to be so. Those are things like I also don't care about or worry about. Like, like I think, you know, I've, I've, you know, even seen like, you know, uh, I don't know, like having, like having a fireplace on like, I, you know, like say like, I don't know, my mom, she, she has a fireplace. She has a dog. She doesn't want, she's afraid of the dog getting into the fire. Like he's, he's, he has instincts. Like he's not, he's not a baby. Like, I don't know. But like, also like she's terrified that like, there's going to be like a gas released into the house or something crazy, you know? And it's like, no, you just, you learn how to use the thing. Like it's going to be, I just don't worry about I don't worry about those kinds of things. Okay. Like direct all of their energy into those things or like, I don't know. Like, I think you have to give your kid the chance to like make a little mistake. Like they're probably, they're not going to like catch themselves on fire because they're going to realize it's hot and be like, Oh no, that's hot. I don't like that. Like my point is that you like you, you're going to go to court. There could be a mistake on your ticket. Like you don't know. Uh, like, why devote energy to something that you don't know the the the, the result to? You know. Yeah, I mean, but I'm I saying, don't... Like, that's anything in life. You're like, right. <laughs> you look at anything like you have a flat tire, like you know, wh- who knows what your life is going to become? Like you may not need a car. Like I don't know. I'm just saying. Yeah. Well. Yeah. The and I, I think my tire. Like there's a there's a possibility. I'm not sure. I'm not for sure on this, but there's a possibility that there's a warranty on that particular tire. So I might just get it replaced for free because it was like, here's the thing about the flat tire. Okay. I get flat tires more than anyone I've ever met. I have a flat tire every six months or so. And I have four years, like a nail for, for a while, my like alignment and suspension was fucked up. Uh, and so like my tires wore unevenly, so I was constantly having to replace them. And then I finally fixed that like maybe a couple years ago. But even since then, it's like every six months or so, there's a, t- a nail in one of my tires and it's just totally flat one day. And I don't like, I don't know <laughs> why it just feels like a cruel joke, <laughs> you know, like, cause it's an expensive thing. And it always happens when I like, am not prepared to like fix it. <laughs> and it's just an annoying thing and i feel like it have it for for literally like the past 5 years like it's been a constant like 
every yeah six months or so like I have and like they should last at least a couple years I don't drive that much I'm used I used to commute to work like every day I don't do that anymore I mean I don't have a job but but even when I did I I worked remotely for the most part or like only had to drive like you know a couple days a week or something and so like there's no reason that this should happen to me so fucking frequently and it just feels like a cruel joke like what is like what is the lesson in that? Like, what am I supposed to, like, why does this keep happening? And I, I don't know. Like, are you doing something you want to do? Like, are you, you know, like you were driving to work every day. Like, are you doing something you want? No, not then. That like, whenever I was, I was commuting at like daily, like to Nashville from like where I live now, it's just like, you know, a good, I was not happy. I did not like my job. <laughs> you know. So you're telling the universe you don't like your job and you don't want to go there. And then you <laughs> a flat tire and then you're pissed off. <laughs> I mean, fair, fair. But like what is it right now? Because I'm not I'm really just computing like you know, I'm just like getting around town. Come on. What is it right now? I don't want to go to court. That's for sure. <laughs> like you really want a job that you, like you don't want to like you're 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 having car trouble and you don't want to go to like you're, you're you're trying to find a job that you don't really want. I know. And yeah. Then something's happening with your car and you can't go. And then, <laughs> I couldn't go if I wanted. Yeah. Like I couldn't go if I wanted to. Well, because um, you're getting it. It's like you're. Your ego isn't getting it that your subconscious doesn't want to do what you want to do. And then the universe universe is providing for you because you're. You think the universe is providing for me by giving me a flat tire? Uh, That seems like that seems a little bit magical thinking to me. I think it's more just like this is like the way like life throws me inconveniences. It's all or nothing. Or it doesn't provide. Okay. So you can't. I think it does. I think it does. But I. But think about it. It to me, like if you critically think about it, it makes perfect sense. Kind of. Kind of. Why? Kind of. Um. Well, because like. Okay, so I just interviewed for a job like a couple weeks ago, and I found out like last week, like they didn't go with me. Whatever. Like, that was enough. Like, that was enough to tell me, like, wasn't meant for me, you know? Why now a flat tire? Like, why now? Like, <laughs> like now now I definitely can't go, like, take myself to a job interview if I got one. <laughs> like, but you keep applying for jobs that you don't want. I know. Okay. Your, 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 your energy of not wanting these jobs is stronger. There's not a single job that I want. Like, it's like that meme. Like, I do not dream of labor. (laughs) I don't have a dream job. Like, I don't have, there's not, I like doing this. I like, I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm good at. And I have like skills that kind of are, are transferable in a lot of different areas, but I trying. I let I had a like freelance job like 2021 through most of 2022 and it was cool like I just kind of like worked as needed I worked from home I did a lot of like writing and communications kind of stuff like I just sent a lot of emails did some like social media stuff like it was chill 
but like things like that end they're temporary they're not I need to find I would like to find something else like that where I could like you know have a part-time kind of freelance gig and then be able to pursue some of the other stuff that like I want to do but doesn't necessarily like make me money you know um like this for instance like we launched a patreon uh you can go subscribe to it it's on pete's pete's patreon it's uh patreon.com slash peaceful pathways and then there's like a tier you can subscribe to i meant to mention this earlier but then we got into some other stuff but anyhow like you know that's a that's a you know a potential stream of income if i could have something where like somebody like you know lets me kind of do that that kind of stuff that i was doing like last year uh I don't know. But then the other thing is, is like me not having a job has kind of allowed me to be there in other ways. Like I've been able to like uh, support my friend who's going through like chemotherapy and uh, that kind of thing. She's about to have like uh, a double mastectomy and like that's a major, major surgery. And like I will just be able to be there and help her out during her recovery. She has a two year old like things like that. Like I'm able to be there for my family. Like my grandma was, has been in the hospital for several weeks now. She like fell and broke like her hip and like my mom like was out of town. So I was able to like be there and like take care of like kind of house sit, take care of the pets and, and that sort of thing. Like I didn't have to, I didn't have anything else going on. So I kind of think there's a purpose in me like being, okay. uh, yes. you know, like there's like there's there's things that I'm able to do that I wouldn't be able to do if I had a demanding job like I've had in the past. Yeah, um, why, do need, why do you need an excuse? I just saying I don't I don't know. I'm just I feel I just feel like guilty, I guess, because this is, like, it, this is the thing is like you're trying to like dismiss what you're really feeling and making like a reason why you're there, but why not just be like that's what you're supposed to be doing. No, know? I think that is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I, I've been able, like, I do think that, like, there is a reason that I don't have, like, a full time. Like, th- okay, I, the, the jobs that I've had in the past have been very, like, demanding, required a lot of, like, you know, it's a f- full time job, but, like, you might be working, like, 50, 60 hours a week, technically, you know, like, when you're you know, a social worker or whatever, like you're kind of on call, you're kind of like available around the clock. It's super emotionally like taxing. And I didn't have like space for anybody else, like at all. Like there was no room to like have a hobby. There was no room to have like any like time for friends. So I know that that's not for me. Right. I'm aware of that. Let's, let's break this down. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Don't be a dick. Be nice. I'm not being a dick. I'm just, I'm, I'm, seeing it from an outside perspective and like to me it's very clear like think about this right in terms of the universe you're having trouble like manifesting like a job to provide for you and a lot of times it's a you're not getting the job that you really don't want right but the symbol like if you look at your job it's something you don't want obviously right then when you do manifest a job, it's something that's very hard. Like it's very demanding. So it's like you're manifesting your, your job. 
you know, the job, you see the job as like suffering and it's really not for you. And then when you do manifest it, it's something that's really tough for you. Like I remember when you were working, doing the campaign stuff, you were working like six, seven days a week. No, I would. Yeah. I was working seven days a week, like 12 hour days. <laughs> that was last year. Yeah. It's, like, it's fucking, if anything, you manifest really good because it's everything like you're, it manifests as you see it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't like, I think, well, okay. I was thinking, I was reading something today and I'm going to try to pull it up. It was an astrology kind of like, I don't know, it was some astrology account and I was reading the, um, like their, whatever they were talking about, like the transit that's happening now, like the last time this happened was, Of course, it's not going to. Oh, here it is. Hold on. I'm gonna, I'll tell you. I'll read it to you. Um, like the. OK, so it's the Mars Neptune square happening right now. And also the sun and Mercury are approaching a, a conjunction. The last time the sun and Mercury were in conjunction was November 8th, which was Election Day. And the last time the Mars, like that Mars and Neptune were square to each other was October 12th through November 19th. Also like the height of election season for me, which was like what I was doing at the time. And like, I don't know, that was a time where I was like, I mean, I was invested in what I was doing because like I believed in the the candidates I was working for or whatever. And Tennessee's got Tennessee is really like a fucked up place um, when it comes to that stuff. So, you know, those local elections really do count. Like you can, I don't know, I'm not a big like believer in like, you know, the presidential election. Like I have my doubts about the government in general, but these are people that I was like would do a better job for like the community that I live in than the people we've had <laughs> in the past. So and I do, I care a lot about, about like where I live and, and my community and stuff. But what I was realizing was like, I was overworked, underpaid, and it's not like the fault of like the people I was working for. It's just the system, you know, but, but also like, I can't overextend myself. I'm doing no good for anybody if I'm overextending myself, basically. And like, that's kind of what I came to is like, I... I deserve and I owe it I owe it to myself and the world to like you know do what makes me feel good and you know rather than what makes me feel like exhausted and burnt out and I mean I am proud of the work that I did but but like it was yeah it was you know 7 days a week like 10 12 hour days like really just like absurd like no one works that much, for, especially for like the amount of money I was getting paid. No offense, like it's yeah. not it's not the fault of like any individual. It is just the system. You're but, a projector, though. You're you know like projectors are supposed to kind of like show everybody their subconscious. Like you're not supposed to. Oh, be, I can do that. <laughs> I like not supposed to be like this grinder. Like, like I'm, I'm not a good grinder. I'm not. I'm not. I'm a. I need a lot of time for like recovery. Like after that job ended, it was so demanding for like three months or what. It was a 
temporary job. So like I can do like that's what I thought. I was like, I can do anything for like a few months. Like I can, you know, live in the woods and shit in a bucket or whatever. Like I can do anything for <laughs> for three months. And I have, like it's fine. But when I got done with that, I was like, you know what? Like I don't know. I just think like it doesn't it just doesn't do me or anybody else any good if I'm like burnt out and exhausted. Like I'm so much better if I have like recovery time and I'm like gentle, like think like I do better when I like move a little slower, take my time, you know, I, I and like am able to like I'm I'm a nurturer. Like I want to like make dinner and I want to like clean my house and like I want to do like you know, I want to spend time with the people that I love and things like that. But like when I'm exhausted and burnt out with my job, I don't have the energy or capacity for those things. And I don't take good care of myself. Like I need more. I do need a lot more recovery time because I'm just like a person who like absorbs a lot from other people and I can do like the boundary setting and I can whatever like I, (laughs) but it doesn't really matter. It's just like, I, I am like a, yeah, I'm a projector in human design. Like I'm, I'm definitely like a slower moving energy. I'm a Taurus rising and a Taurus moon. I like, I'm a homebody. I like, I'm an introvert, like being constantly bombarded with people like drains the fuck out of me. And I don't have the energy for the things I care about and the things I like to do. So you're basically frustrated because you're trying to manifest a job that is pretty much against everything you stand for well everything that I am and and I I mean I think like I felt this like growing up right like when you're like in high school and in college like I know like you know it's all about like you know setting yourself up for your career and and being a worker and whatever and I never could figure out what I wanted to do I waited till I was like a junior to declare a major and I ended up double majoring in two different totally different things uh because I couldn't really decide and I didn't know who I was or what I wanted to do and I think that that was because like that probably wasn't like that's I mean I think if you know if this were like 1950 I probably would have been a housewife you know I probably would have just gotten married had children and like whatever but that wasn't really like the path that I was like set up for or like the path that I was like you know what I mean like it just wasn't that was now like you graduate high school you go to college you get your degree you get into a career like you're an empowered woman doing you know big girl job (laughs) like you know like that was just not the expectation and I don't think I want to just be a housewife either that's not what I'm saying but like I I think that like I'm I'm probably not meant to like do a you know nine to five uh social work job or whatever or you know it's just it's probably not for me I think I'm more of like a creative like passive person and I'm I'm more of like you know like I like to read I like I like to like learn new things and and I don't think that you can it you can't really make money off of like having passive hobbies like podcasting or reading books like you can't it just doesn't work I mean if you're like an influencer or whatever maybe but what do you mean like what do you, like, 
like that top podcast make like you know 300 grand a year like well yeah but it like you have like you it takes time to get there it's not like if you believe that i mean I think- <laughs> yeah i guess i do i guess i do believe that like it's not an overnight thing you have like I feel like okay, but every everybody who's a working actor is also a waitress, you know, or you know what I mean. Like, you still have to like, you know, you still have to serve the man. Like, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, they do. There's no one in the world who like goes and pursues their dream and then doesn't have to have like a day job. You have a day job. I mean, you have a night job, but you have a day job, and you're pursuing your dreams. But you can't. You can't. Here, let me ask you this. Okay, you have a family and a wife and everything, but if you didn't, if you were single, if you were, if you were you with ev- everything you have going on, like, oh gosh, I'm getting text messages. <laughs> My sister texted me. I haven't heard from her in a minute. What did she say? Anyway, I'll I'll look at that later. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so if you were you with being a medium, everything you have, but you don't have a a family and you don't have like a wife would you would you quit your job or would you still feel like you had to have your job to like support you um like i'm making a lot of money right now and i don't do anything i know you're so fucking lucky yeah so like the job i'm at now i don't think i would quit like i'm making a lot of money you know i've been blessed with like manifesting good jobs for the last like 15 years where like and now i'm at the point where i don't even have to work i just have to like show up so it's like uh, right now i probably wouldn't quit it Mm -hmm. i wouldn't work overtime or i wouldn't like i would limit the amount of time i spend but i mean it depends like if an op like if 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 i was single and didn't have any responsibilities and i was like um you know, doing this cosmic collective and they're like, we're going to move out to Arizona, like, and start a commune or something. I'd be like, yeah, fuck it. I'm quitting my job tomorrow. Okay. But I mean, I don't know. Like I'm very into like being prepared and like, if I, I would have a savings before I quit or like, you know? Yeah. Then that's all I mean is that like, you have to have this really see, but like, I think I'm at a point I think it takes having a little bit of like detachment from things to like manifest them. Yeah. Well, just, I mean, I'll just be like honest, like the way, I mean, you know, the way I grew up, like my mom was a single parent. Um, she like has a good job now, but you know, the, the only reason she worked really hard, like while we were growing up, she went, to grad school she got a phd like she did all these things so she could like support our us growing well, up and like be able to put us through college and etc but I mean, her whole focus has always been like financial security like having okay. you know that kind of thing and so that was like programmed into me and it doesn't really align with me but i'm still like i still think that way you yeah, know it's it's funny because like i feel like everybody has these like generic beliefs sometimes that are like just instilled in them Mm -hmm. kind of even you like you've talked about your mom and you've kind of always said like a similar line 
Do yeah. You, do you have like, do, can you remember like a core memory of like you being a kid and your mom like choosing work over you? Oh, yeah. She calls them the lost years. Like it, where she was like writing her dissertation and like doesn't have any memory of like what was going on in our lives. And it's kind of a joke, but it's also kind of true. Yeah. Like, like, and it wasn't like she abandoned us. Like we were very well taken care of and everything, but like, but her mind was somewhere else. And, and she, she had a reason for that because she didn't, she didn't believe that there was any other way, but to like put all of her effort and energy into like getting this degree and getting this job, no matter like what, no matter what and but she she literally doesn't remember like you know the years between I, when i was like i don't know maybe eight and thir- 13 or 14 <laughs> like she just like so, there's a blank spot i mean she remembers some things that, of course but like and i'm she was not a bad mom but she she literally jokes that they're they're the lost years <laughs> you, do you have a specific like all right for me like i think like the preparedness and like the feeling like time is running out. Like I have a specific core memory as a kid Mm -hmm. being in like, I don't know, fifth grade. No, not fifth grade, maybe younger. And I always felt like I was going to miss the bus. Mm -hmm. And my cousin who was in my class used to have to walk me to the bus because I was nervous. Mm -hmm. And I remember like literally like, my stomach bothering me, like having to go to the bathroom because I was so nervous that mm-hmm. I was on the bus. And I feel like that's like a core memory for me because I feel like I'm always trying to like be productive because I feel like I'm running out of time. Yeah, I think that's really common. I mean, I can't say it's like one specific thing. I do remember like frequently like coming home from school and the water's cut off or the electricity is cut off, or the phone is cut off, or some something. Like, some bill was always not getting paid, like, when I was growing up. And she was doing the best she could, like, but she also had, like, you know, anxiety about that. So she, like, wouldn't open bills and just, like, wouldn't deal with it until it was already cut off. And then, like, obviously, when things get cut off, you have to pay, like, reconnect fee and a late fee and all this stuff. So you're just, like, like, she was always, the financial insecurity and my like childhood stuck with me really hard and I feel really uh anxious and out of sorts just like I obviously like when you're a kid you come home and there's no electricity and it's 100 degrees outside like (laughs) you know that's stressful for you in the moment and your mom's not there and like you know your dad's god knows where and like those things stuck with me so I really do feel I feel guilty when I can't like pay my shit and when there are things happening that I can't like handle uh financially like it is an important thing to me it is like a core issue but like, um, do, you, do you you know every time we've ever talked right mm-hmm. you, you you tend to like give your mom like the respect like oh she did the right thing or whatever but like have you ever felt like fuck like fuck you mom <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, but not about that stuff. Yeah, but it's like you're, it's almost like part of you doesn't, 
let yourself like really get angry with the fact that maybe she wasn't the best mom in terms of like nurturing and loving you. It was more of like you felt like she tried to do the best she could to take care of you. I think she did the best she could with what she had to work with. And I think she kind of, I mean, like if, I, okay, it's a, it's a, it's a generational thing. She was like, her parents were like weird hippies and they would like leave, like leave my mom at like 10 years old with her baby sister. Like my, my aunt and my mom are 10 years apart. So my aunt was like a baby when my mom was like 10 or 11 and they would just like leave for the weekend and leave my mom with my aunt. Like my mom basically raised my aunt for like all intents and purposes. Like, so her parents were really, really absent compared to like mine. Like my mom was always there and like, I was never like, yeah, but that doesn't justify. I'm not saying that, but I'm just saying, like, I guess that's like the way that I see it is like how she kind of handled things and like the way that she was nurturing. But how do you how do you feel and stuff? Like it just well, it, it feels like yeah, it feels like it feels like she avoided handling things that she could like didn't feel like she could or wanted to deal with. She made it feels like she made decisions that were based on like how her emotions rather than what was like right or wrong. Okay, so then why do you why do you let her judge you in your mind? <laughs> um I mean, I judge me in my mind. Yeah, I here's you? the thing, like I here's the thing. If I can like I guess maybe the way I think of it is like I compare my parents, right? Like my dad, not there at all. Didn't show – I mean, he was there off and on. Like, I grew up very, like, with my dad involved very erratically. Like, he was, like, sometimes he'd be there, sometimes he wasn't. He would leave for months, not give it. like, he never paid child support. He never really contributed except every now and then he'd show up with some money and, like, want to get back in, like, mom's good graces and be around and then he'd disappear. This is so deep. I'm so sorry. <laughs> But, like, compared to that, my mom was always there. And she always made, like, we actually had, like, a pretty good life. Like, I didn't have that bad of a childhood compared to, like, other people. And yeah, and so I can't, I like, I, I can't really judge my mom that harshly because she was wow. doing it all by herself. And so I don't feel comfortable being like, oh, she was, like, you know she didn't handle her responsibilities because I feel like she was, she was the only one handling any responsibilities. Yeah. But listen, listen, this is what I'm getting. Is that- I hear you, but I feel like don't, you can't, I can't talk trash on my mom. Like I can't, I'm she helps sure. me out so much. Stop. Stop. <laughs> okay. Listen, if, if you're, so the whole nature of our experience here, right. Is, Listen, everybody here, no matter what you think or no matter what they show, is fucked up on some level, okay? Yes. Everyone fucks up on some level, yes. So the truth is the real way to, like, move into, like, the acceptance of self and love of self is to accept yourself in all aspects. You know, the part of you, no matter what anyone says, and this is probably not the best way to put it, but like 
there's an aspect of self that could do really dark things, you know? For sure. You know, people who murder and do all these messed up things. Like, you could look at the Nazis, because obviously they're the... That's the worst example, yeah. (laughs) The worst example you can... Yeah, like the most atrocious, like, crimes against humanity. Okay. Truth is... Like, you're never going to totally love and accept yourself if you can't believe on some level you could go there. And that's that people are probably going to hear that and be like, oh, yeah, fuck. Oh, that. Jesus Christ. Yeah. yeah. You're... <laughs> <But> <laughs> we're, all, we're all human beings and we're all capable of the darkest things and the lightest things. But that being said, like, you got to look at every, the way to really move into that for yourself is to first maybe see it in other people. Like, you know, you could look like, I could look at my mom, right? My mom was the type of mom, like, I remember maybe three times when I was growing up, she didn't make dinner. Like, you know, that she was a Leo, she had to have the house clean, everything. But with that said, there was aspects of her that like, program me to believe certain things and like think certain ways that really don't resonate with who I am, you know? And that's a little thing, right? Um, and my father was, you know, a hardworking person. He taught me hard work, but he also taught me like suffering. He was a very angry person. You know, he used to fight a lot with my mom, you know, it could be mental abuse, physical abuse, whatever. Yeah. On the other hand, like, there's not a doubt in my mind that my dad didn't love me, but it was just his version of love. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's, here's, that's, I guess what I'm trying to say. My mom's version of love is to push me towards like having a good job, having financial security, having like uh, a home. And, cause, I mean, she grew up like growing up like all over the country, like constantly moving, getting evicted and all this stuff. Like, so her idea of love is, is to push that on me, to push that kind of security on me. And regardless, and, and it's, it comes off judgmental to me. It comes off uh, controlling to me, but like, it's just the same as if her version of love was like, cooking dinner every night or whatever you know like which it was not (laughs) with you is like you can always accept like her in her goodness and like what she did for good or what you thought she did was good but there is a part of you that has to accept like the things she sucked at and you know like if you yeah she and you're right you're right i think i i think I have a hard time being like, you know, she didn't really like ever encourage me to be my own person when I like, I feel, I kind of feel like the black sheep of the family. I mean, it's, I don't have, I only have one sibling, but I feel like I was kind of the, the weirdo or whatever. I was always the like more, um, you know, the one that pushed the buttons and, you know, I was like the more troublesome child, uh, across the board I like fought I fought more with like s- my sister and with my mom and like I was just like I was kind of like a bad kid I mean not like really but like normally bad but I was just like I wasn't as uh 
I don't know, peaceful as like my sister was or agreeable as like my sister was necessarily. And I think that's because like, I think I was more like rebellious because I never felt like I felt like when I tried to be myself, it was like rejected or it was like questioned or I was told to like do, do something differently. And, you know, like if, I don't know. I just was, I just never felt like I could fully like be myself because that didn't align with like the idea that like, you know, the person who raised me had of like what was going to make me like safe and secure and have a decent life because that was more important to her than me being like authentic. And I think she's, I think she's like grown in that area now, but like it still is like, you know, that stuff that happens to you when you're a kid it really does affect you. So if you're told as a kid that you being authentic is not okay, you learn to suppress yourself. You know, you learn to like fit into whatever box. And I've done that in jobs. I've done that in relationships with like boyfriends. I've done that in relationships with my family, like, and kind of coming to a place where like, you know, also like I've, I've tried to control people. Like I've tried to control people in relationships that I have with them. I've tried to control, you know, kids that I worked with as a social worker or boyfriends that I had or other members of my family or whatever. And like, that doesn't feel good to me because it's not authentic to who I am. It's just like a reaction or like a projection of like, what was, what kind of, I feel like happened to me, you know? And I guess what I'm trying to get at is as I try to like honor my like authentic self and like pursue the things that I care about, I'm having to like work through all of this stuff and deal with the fact that like I am still uncomfortable with like not being able to take care of myself and like not, you know, or not having like a steady income or whatever, like that stuff does bother me and it does stress me out. But I also would rather it be that way than to, like, sell myself short from what, like, I want to be doing and what I'm meant to do and what I'm best at. Like, I I know that, but it doesn't mean it's not, like, an uncomfortable kind of transition. But, I mean, I think an important aspect is to, like – look at the things that bother you from your mom and like learn to accept that. And then in turn, I think it will cause you to accept yourself more and then you'll live more authentically. You won't have this like internal conflict where you're struggling like with your job. I do accept it more. I think it's hard for me to like on a fucking podcast, it's going to get published on the internet to like, you know, talk shit about my parents. That's just not my style. But I do like. She, she I am aware of it. She doesn't listen, but like, somebody could. Yeah, but I mean, it's the truth, though. It is the truth, and and I mean, it's not like I've never said any of this stuff to my parents. Both of my parents have heard from me, like directly. But that doesn't mean that they accept it. Like, it doesn't mean that they heard me. Like, like I've told them, but that doesn't mean that they like received it. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I don't think that they did. Matter if they receive it, I don't think. I think 
what matters is you standing in your authentic belief. Like this is who I am. I accept myself for who I am. Yeah. And I just don't care about the same shit that like other people care about. Like at least like in my, like in my family, like, you know, even my dad, like, God, like if I, if I talk to him about like any of this, he's just like, well, you got to have a job. Like he's just like naughty about it almost. Like, you know, like it just, you know, you can get a job. It doesn't matter. Like you can do it and you should do it. Like, it's just like, it's that simple. And he's like, he's so like a, a Leo, just like kind of very like direct and almost aggressive <laughs> in the way that he like says things. He's not listening to how you feel. You know, he's just kind of like, you need to do this. And that's what you do. That's what we all have to do. It is what it is kind of. And my mom has that kind of tendency. I think she's a little more understanding maybe, but, <laughs> but like there's nobody that like kind of respects my uh you know desire like I don't need the same things like I want a simple life like I don't need like a ton of money or whatever nobody's respecting you know your authentic version of yourself you have to respect the authentic version of yourself oh fuck off you're right right. no I guess I don't I don't because I feel like well this is all part of the journey right like I think that even me doing this podcast goes against like would go against me like like the way I was raised like this would be a bullshit hobby according to anyone else in my family right (laughs) and why are you wasting your time you know like you'll never you know like whatever so I have been kind of like stepping into that like authenticity, you know, a little bit more like over the course of the last, you know, like probably five years or so, like something like that. Like since I quit my social work job, I've been like getting, taking steps closer and closer to like who I want to be, what I want to be doing with my life, like where I want my life to go in the future. But all that stuff still lingers. You know, I just, it's not like, it doesn't, nothing happens overnight for me. I don't just, I can't just flip a switch and be like, I am, I'm never listening to anybody else again. Like I have, I have to get there in my own, my own time. And I'm not trying to be defensive when I say that. I just mean like, I have demonstrated that and I do feel like I've gotten closer to, you know, even the fact that like I did like part-time freelance work for a while, like that was unreliable. My paychecks were always different. Like I couldn't count on anything, but I made it work and, and it was, it was the best decision. Like, I don't know. I had a job like kind of asked me to resign and I said, fuck you, fire me. Like that's some shit I would never say, but I, that's literally what I said. I was just like, no, like y'all can fire me. Like, I want to get my unemployment. Like, I'm not going to resign. I didn't even try to beg for my to keep my job, which is something, like, I would probably usually do when backed into a corner like that. Like, I really – I have grown in these areas, but it's not, like, an – I can't just, like, undo all my programming in a few months or whatever. <laughs> like, it's it's baby steps. 
Do you feel like that at all? Like, do, or you just feel like you're somebody who like jumps in the deep end and like that's it? No, I mean, I think I'm cautious with certain things. Like, I, I, I'm very calculated. I would say. I don't know. I feel. I like- wouldn't say I'm calculated. I would just say like I'm willing to take those baby steps. Like, um, would I really feel like it's honest? Like being honest with myself and like authentic to myself. Like, I will. I will take leaps of faith, but they're kind of small. They're not like gigantic ever. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I feel like naturally I'm very antagonistic in all yeah. ways. So it's like if somebody's like, oh, you can't do that. I'm like, fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> and, you know, like, or, you know, I, like that I can't either. prove people wrong or be like the underdog. Like, I love the underdog. Like, you know, mm-hmm. you, I can't do something. I'm going to fucking put everything. I'm going to fucking do it. <laughs> I have that in me too. I have, I definitely have like a very stubborn side and a very resilient side to me. I am not a weak little baby bird that like just does what my mommy and daddy tell me to do. That's not what I'm saying at all. I, I just think that like, I'm kind of at this, like, I'm at like a different kind of crossroads right now where I'm like, <sighs> I am getting all these signs that like the kinds of jobs that like I apply for the kind of jobs that I've always done. They don't even want me no more because I don't want to be there. And like, I'm not like, you know, like I've never had a hard time getting a job in my life. Like I'm a good interviewer. I have a lot of skills. I have a lot of experience. Like it's never been a challenge for me, but it's suddenly a challenge for me because I know like, I don't want to do that anymore. So I'm like face, I'm like literally being shown like my future like I'm being forced to face it and make a choice to like let go of what I've always kind of fallen back on yeah well all right so like for me like I think of if I break everything down right Mm -hmm. like pivotal moments in my life okay um I would say growing up Hard work always proved to be the way. Like suffering. <laughs> okay. Suffering equals success. My mom is like that okay. for sure. So, like, all right, for me, for example, right? This is, I'll really go into my psyche. Okay, let's go. Um, when I was, I'm in gonna the- turn off my mic because I have to pee. Okay. <laughs> um, when I was in high school, I played soccer my whole life, right? football coach I was trying to get a scholarship I knew that like my parents were poor kind of and I never thought I was going to go to college so I thought the only way to go to college was through a scholarship so I played soccer my whole life and then um in high school the football coach came up to me he's like you're way too big to be playing soccer I'll get you a football scholarship if you come and play football I'm telling you right now so I was like all right I'll go off for football so I go off of football and my, it winds up like my high school football coach is like a marathon runner and he would make us run like five miles every day. I fucking hated it. I hated it. And my cousin was, we were in the same grade and we were both going to quit. Like we went home, we had like, back then they had like three days. Now it's like they changed it because everyone's getting soft. They do like one a day, two a day, whatever. So. That day, right, I, I, 
me and my cousin were going to quit. My cousin stayed home and I was like, I can't quit because my dad was like very tough. You know, he raised me. Yeah. So I was like, there's no way I could quit and go tell my dad that I quit because like he'll just call me a pussy. <laughs> oh, no, that's really that's awful. OK, so, so in my mind, right, this is me like sick. I thought if I get hurt to the point where I can't play, then he can't call me a pussy. So I start hitting people, like in practice, I just start hitting people as hard as I can in hopes of like hurting myself. And I wind up like liking it. And I wind up like they took me from JV and put me on varsity. And then like I played football and I wound up like earning scholarship and getting letters from all these schools and stuff like that. And like talking to head coaches all over the country. And I wind up earning a scholarship and like all I ever did was I would go to work. I during the summer, I'd work with my uncle framing houses and I would work out every day. And that's all I ever did. And it proved to me that like hard work got me where I wanted. And it also kind of verified the whole antagonist thing because people always were like, Oh, whatever. You're not going to earn a scholarship. You know how hard it is to earn a scholarship. Yeah. No, they love to tell you, you can't do it. Yeah, and I, like, devoted myself to that. And then, you know, I got out of college. I got out of football. And then I got into, like, construction. And I just worked my ass off. Like, I would work. And then I would have, like, side jobs. And I would work, you know, 12 hours a day, every day. And, you know, I my parents never owned a house. I owned my first house. You know, and I always got verified that, like, you work hard you'll get what you want. And then it got to the point where like, I realized like these antagonist way of being really only like antagonizes yourself. And it creates right. a pattern of like, there's a never enoughness. Like there's always more you can be doing. There's always more. That's stuff. I definitely like constantly feel that. And, and like, that's something I've been kind of like, <sighs> talking to myself about like throughout the day like I have all these thoughts that like they're just like bullshit they don't mean anything and they're they come from that place of like you're not enough you're not doing enough you're not trying hard enough um and like I've just been like reminding myself that like none of that has like it doesn't mean anything it means nothing just the same as like you know some you know I don't know, like some piece of trash on the ground doesn't mean anything. Like it just doesn't mean anything. And, well, you know, like, and it helps, I guess, but like there's, it's just always there in the back of your mind. So like, what do you do? Like, where are you at with it? Well, so like you, something that I realize is like, you know, I love, you know, and I think it was part of like, I went through the whole like trickster phase and I think the trickster phase Ooh, okay. Actually, I like this. I like where this is going. Go ahead. So for me, like the trickster <laughs> is like somebody who I think it's defined as like somebody who has like knowledge over somebody and like manipulates them to kind of get what they want, you know? And like, I think like I was always good at like, and I think it's connected to codependency as well. Yeah. I knew uh -huh. how to, I know how people tick like i know what makes them tick 
And of course, like being aware of like emotional energy and stuff like that, I can feel it. So I know how to like motivate people. I was always kind of like a leader and stuff like that. Yeah, I have my like, I definitely have that uh, kind of, um, I understand how people work. I can kind of manipulate, manipulate people and also like just read people very well. Yeah. Um, it's like it can be used for evil, but it can also be used for good. Yeah, but from that standpoint, it's like to me, I realize like I'm never at peace because I'm always grinding or I'm always pushing for more. It's like, oh, you want more money or you want a better car or you want a better job. And it's like you're always like grinding out. And you're always like when you're antagonizing people in the end, you're really it's a reflection of self. So you're antagon you're always your internal dialogue is always antagonizing because that's your like perspective. It's like that's how you work your way through the world. That's how you control your environment. So I realized like I'm never gonna really be at peace until I stop antagonizing other people, which will cause me to stop antagonizing myself. And a lot of that I think stemmed from like the relationship with my father and like my parents' relationship. And I realized like I never made peace with it until I like confronted my father. You know, whether he did it, see the thing is, is like we're incarnated to these parents, you know, and where their lesson, there are lesson. So it's not like, I feel like- That's true. Like that like my father is who he is. It's not like, it's not like he's trying to create something out of me. It's my issues with him, you know, or like, I feel like growing up, my parents always fought about money. Like that was always like one yeah, of the, so did my, yeah, for sure. And a lot of it stemmed from like my mom's brother, who was my uncle, obviously he was, you know, what appeared to be more well off, and like it was yeah, always like who knows how he was living above his means or whatever either you know well, like it's funny, it's funny because like believe it or not like he was always a hard worker and i used to work with him a lot and um you know my mom would always compare us to them it was just like that was like her you know standard and it's like my father worked hard. He always provided for us. It's not like we ever really starved or anything. You know, we were lower middle class, but we weren't like, you know, homeless. You know, like we always had food on the table. We always had a roof over our head. But it was always set to that standard. And, you know, what is that really saying to me? It's saying that it's never enough. You know, my dad worked every day for fucking 40 years. Like, right. Jesus. Doing heavy construction in the, in the zero degree temperature, you know, like I definitely got more respect for him as I worked myself because I realized like, you know, he did this every day. He wasn't like he was disappearing and doing something fucked up. He may have been angry or he may have been like emotionally manipulative or like just abusive in a certain extent emotionally, but it wasn't like he was like, you know, out there, just, you know, he was still around, you know, like, I don't know. I think a lot of the anger stemmed from like his frustration with my mom and maybe frustration in terms of like never really getting comfortable, like always having like to grind it out. 
But what I was getting at was that like that never enoughness stems from seeing that with my mom. Like my mom is like the archetype woman or the, you know, like that role of like, you know, you got to do more. You never have enough. Like, and it kind of ingrained in my head. Yeah. So when I worked through the, you know, the antagonistic aspect, it came from like confronting my father and like his own self judgment, because a lot of the judgment on me was his own judgment, you know? Mm, Yeah. That's exactly that's, that feels so true to me too. It's like that judgment from like that judgment on like the part of, you know, like their judgment on themselves is their judgment about me and therefore like my judgment about myself is the judgment that they have about themselves and they're just passing that along and like I don't want to carry that on you know but I also it doesn't just go away it takes like some sorting out I guess do you feel that way like it feels like it took you some time to like get through some of yeah, that shit yeah, obviously yeah like you're, you're you're programmed for 20 years and then you know you start looking at things it's going to take a while to kind of break down but i mean i feel like once i like confronted my father and like set a boundary with him you know because it, it it it's like i felt the echo of his never enoughness in my own life so like he, he would like push that into me like oh you know like one of the things i used to fight with him all the time and i never used to say anything like if i would talk to him about like work or what's going on with my job or something and his famous phrase would always be like oh you only got 40 more years of that and i would just like and like internally internally like my thoughts were like first off like why are you wishing that Like, why are you pushing your suffering on me? Like, because I look at anytime. I I just, I think that's like, that's the thing that I think too, is like, why do you want to push your fucking suffering onto me? Like that doesn't, what does that do for any of us? You know? Well, because he's been through it and you know, like he, his ego feels verified by his journey. So he thinks like whatever I'm lacking as a man, that if I go through the same journey, I'll find his point of or perspective right. You know, but I oh, think yeah. like, like oh, you'll figure it out one day, kid. Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah, so condescending. So condescending. It is, it is. But I think in terms of like we talk about people's versions of love, I think that's their version of love like well, that's what i was trying to say about my mom it's like she pushes this you know kind of these ideas out there on me but i do think it's her way of like showing love and and but trying to be protective it doesn't mean it's right no 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 no. I'm not saying that but it does kind of like it does kind of tell you something you know like yeah i mean you can accept them for who they are or where they're at yeah I think so. But it doesn't mean it's right. And that's like the key part because that key part is the boundary between like your authentic self and who they're trying to push on you. Yeah. Who you are. You know? 
But I mean, I think I think it's just it's a real struggle because it's like you have these voices like when you're growing up and you're a kid, even into your twenties, until I really moved out of my parents' house is like where I started to feel the separation. But like those all those years, it's like you don't really have your own voice. You know? Yeah. Thing. Like your religion, your belief system, it all comes from your parents and your ancestors. So it's like you don't you don't really hear your own voice. You hear their voice. And then when you Absolutely. get away, that's when you start to like the volume of your own voice picks up and there's kind of takes the background. But in the background, it's they're always there, you know, like it's just I think you have to learn to accept that they're there, accept their opinion and why they believe it. And then still do your own do do it your way. Your own voice. <laughs> Yeah, like but like it's, Frankie it's, said, I did it my like, way. It's, but it's like anything. Like <laughs> if I'm teaching you mediumship, right? I have my time of experience, which is something, but it doesn't have to be your way. You know? Yeah, like, yeah. I think that's also like something that like I don't know. I've gotten hung up on when like it comes to learning things like that, like tarot or astrology or or mediumship or any of that stuff like it is something you have to learn it's a skill you have to kind of uh work on within yourself but it's not going to look the same as anybody else's you know just like if i take this medication it might work for you but it might not work for me cuz i'm different than you and <laughs> you know like it's not well yeah that's it's why it's like important not to listen to anybody else's word as the truth because you're the only one who can I understand like I get it but it doesn't I'm just I'm just voicing something that like I'm working through and I think everybody kind of has to work through and it depends on the level of like it depends on the kind of family relationships you have it depends on the kind of like uh dynamics that exist within your family like how kind of difficult it is to end of individuate yourself or whatever individuation well, yeah, like, that's it depends on how like yeah how the dynamic is within your own family <clears throat> and I think it's been like I mean I think it's been hard for both me and my sister it might be harder for me just because I was the firstborn and I was kind of like you know I I grew up a little bit differently I guess um than like my sister did like we were five years apart so there was like a kind of significant difference in like my sister's like high school experience than mine or my sister's college experience like than mine like we kind of had this like our like our family was just in a different kind of position at those points uh and things are yeah worked out differently and also my sister's an Aquarius so she's kind of like you she's like an alien she's just kind of kind of like zoom off in a spaceship sometimes and like do her own thing and she doesn't care uh but i'm more like i'm a cancer i'm more loyal i'm you know i don't know i i'm more like attached i think emotionally to like anything well do you if that makes sense like i just feel like i would never want i don't <laughs> i'm i'm loyal to a fault i'm loyal to a point that it hurts me like I'm more of a people pleaser, I think. And, you know, it's just something like I'm dealing with because at the same time, I'm also stubborn and I'm also like, 
I like who I am, you know, I, I believe in like the things I, I believe in myself to an extent. It's just, you know, there's a push and pull going on kind of all the time in my head. Yeah. Do you, I mean, do you feel verified by feeling emotion about it? I mean, I think that's honest. You know, I think like how I feel about it is honest. Like everything I've said, like, I feel like you want to, you almost want to like refute it with something else, but it's just like, yeah, that's true. But like, this is how I feel, or this is how I felt at that point. And I I see the evolution, but I do think like, I, yeah, I'm attached to how I feel because it's, it's real. Like it, it is, it helped. It is like a guidance system. It's a warning system. It's all of that stuff. Do you not feel that way? Like, I feel like my emotions both like alert me and help guide me and you know they they have misguided me too but i guess like they're it's always useful like i i feel like that's like that's what i mostly go by like i make most of my choices based on like how it feels to me and what feeling outweighs the other like just because i want to do something doesn't mean like wanting to do that isn't is not outweighed by fear. Sometimes the wanting to do something outweighs the fear. So, you know, does that make sense? Like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I've trained my brain over the years to like bypass feeling really shitty, but like, I feel always at a pretty good, like average level. I don't know. Like, I don't know. I think here's, I think you like feel vicariously through others. What do you mean? Like, like you like, you like to hear how other people are feeling and you like to kind of go there with other people, but you don't necessarily like to deal with how you feel. And I think like by helping someone else process how they feel or connect with like some part of themselves or, or connect with even like, you know, a grandparent or a, or a loved one or something who's passed over is a way of you kind of having those emotions and like having, you know, it's like you have an empathy or whatever, but maybe, maybe you're not totally facing all of the feelings that you have sometimes, like at least not in the moment, you're kind of like going, going a roundabout way through like connecting with other people. Yeah. That's really insightful. (laughs) Sorry. I mean, I've just, I've gotten to know you over a long time and, and I do think you're super empathetic and I do think you have feelings like you're not, I mean, you, you've made the joke before that like, oh, I have no feelings, but I think that's like, that's the kind of joke that has like an, an kernel of truth in it where it's like, you can, yeah, you can kind of avoid your own feelings by feeling for other people. And the only reason I know that is because I've done that. I've been <laughs> I've been there and I totally absorbed everybody else's stuff and uh, like felt everybody else's feelings but avoided my own for a long time and then when it all does kind of come to a head it's like it's a lot and <laughs> I don't know well see it's so funny because there must just be a wall up from the universe because as soon as we started talking to this I got a visit from my daughter, so. Oh. 
Does she need something? Is she okay? Hi, Anna. Do you want to say hi? Hello. What's okay. up? Did you have a good day? <laughs> oh, my God. My wife probably told her not to come up here, and she literally, as soon as she came up the stairs. I know Colleen told her not to, because Colleen says that she tells her not to. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. I I, I think, uh, I like your laugh, Anna. You have a good laugh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just indulging her. Uh, no, sorry. She's feeding into it. All right. Thank you, Anna. Thank you for the. Thanks, reason. Anna. Sorry. <laughs> it's like she is exactly like my issues, you know, like antagonizing and the intensity. I don't want to go here. Let's. <laughs> I, I want to go into what you're talking about. I mean, I think, I think I'm not saying you have no feelings. That's not what I'm saying, or that you don't deal with any of it. But I think that there is a, there is a bypassing, just not the way that like people usually think of it. I think you kind of like use other, you know, you go there with other people and that's the release for you rather than like going there within yourself. Does that make sense? I feel yeah. like I'm trying to say that I haven't like articulated this clearly. No, I thought it was pretty clear. I mean, okay, I'm, okay, 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 good. Because I'm, yeah, I just always question if I I'm making like, any sense. I feel like sometimes it just feels so much for me. Like, and maybe like for me, it's a lot. But like when I do, like, I don't know. Like, I when I do tap into stuff, like I feel like it overwhelms me so much, and it just doesn't. I don't know. It doesn't, it feels out of control. It doesn't feel good, you know? <laughs> and I don't know. You're like, okay with feeling like not good in, in relationship with somebody else in some way, but maybe like just like with yourself. Well, like, you know? I don't think it's not good in a sense. I think it's like, that's not the right way to describe it. I think it's like, um, like, uh, you know, like I could, there's times like I could look at my son, Joey, or any of my kids, really. Actually, I think I did it the other day with Anna. It just like, I totally like felt the fullness of like life. You know, that feeling of like, yes, that mm -hmm. full <laughs> feeling of like intensity where you're just like, this is a living part. Like, yeah, no, I get, I get it. I don't, I don't have kids, but I feel like I, I but, feel like I know exactly what you mean. It's like you could be driving in your car and you hear that song that kind of like defies who you are as a person. Yeah. Or like the moment you're in, you know, like, yeah, no, I know exactly like the full, like you feel like, like, I don't want to even be corny, but I remember, like, I was going through a lot, like, at a certain point in my life. And there was just, like, certain songs that would, like, hit me in the right way where it was, like, me what against are the songs. Boy. I don't want to say what came to my mind because. <laughs> Wait, what? You don't want to say? Okay, that's okay. You don't have to get, you don't have to go there. like, Eight Mile. Like, the rap from Eight Mile. Oh, yeah. Lose Yourself. Yeah, and like, it was just like it feels like a song that's like me against the world, and like yes, no, oh, great, yeah, no, that's not a bad answer at all. It feels we we love Eminem here. Yeah, I love Eminem. I'm a huge Eminem fan. But 
you know, like you, you feel the fullness of like life, you know, like the contrast, the ups and the downs. Yeah. That like general realization of life. And it just feels like so much emotion flows through you. It's like, it's a combination. It's almost like all emotions flow through you. Yes. And it just feels like so much. Like, I don't know. Like, so, but, like, but Okay, but what you're saying is like, you can, like, th- through like a song, you can feel this way, right? Like through maybe an interaction with another person can make you feel this way. But like, can you just go there like by yourself? Like, just, I don't know. That's just a question that came to mind. It's not a judgment. No, I have, but I mean, I think like even mediumship wise, like I remember um, Colleen was pregnant, the first first child, and we had a miscarriage, right? Yeah. I feel like it was definitely like a defining moment for me because I was like, and obviously for her, because she went through it. But right. I'm not taking away from that, but I'm saying like, I remember her having the miscarriage and all the shit she dealt with. Like, I tried to be like a rock for her because, like, obviously, of course. She, had body, she had a, you know, she had to have like a procedure. You know, it sucked. Of obviously. course. Yes. Yeah. She talked about it a little, actually, or at least with me. I don't know. And my thought was, is like, I'm doing all this spiritual work. Um, you know, helping people like grieve and stuff like that. And like, I remember being like surprised and angry at God. Cause I was just like, nobody could fucking tell me like this was going to happen. Like I didn't have any awareness. Like it was not like, I felt the spirit of the baby and it was just like, kind of like smacked me in my face. Cause I was just like, yeah, you didn't see it coming, you know? And right. It bothers me when I'm not, in control obviously and yeah no exactly i think it bothers all of us like when you know like you think you're you think that you're in touch or you think that you're trying to be aware you're trying to like you know work through your shit and then like something happens that just like slaps you in the face and like i don't know i just think that's like anyway go ahead like what so, so then, how did you feel? At the, time, at the time, I was taking like a mediumship class with um, uh, a mentor of mine. And, you know, in the class, we would kind of like read for each other. And I remember reading for this gentleman where they would bring people in for us to read or whatever. And I'm reading for this gentleman and I wind up like reading for him and he lost two daughters like and they were like grown they were like 16 or 15 you know like he lost for children right yeah remember like feeling like you know like they pretty much gave me the message that they were only coming through to like show me the pain that this gentleman was in from like having lost children and like, you know, like I could feel the emotion of it and I yeah. was like, like, it just gave me this awareness and like, I never, 
you know, I never felt that much like suffering in a sense or like pain or sadness. Okay. And it kind of taught me, like, I feel like it was a defining moment because it kind of like taught me that like I can use working with spirit and like helping people heal as a way for your own healing. Yeah. For my way to like kind of work through my own emotions. Yeah. And that, yeah. And that's good. Like, that's a good because look we all have different kind of like entryways to tapping into different you know different parts of it. whether it's your emotions whether it's your like psychic abilities or your spirituality or uh whatever like whatever talents or whatever you may have like there's different entryways for all of us you're you know one person's, you know, psychic spiritual awakening isn't going to look like another person's. One person's like way of tapping into how they really feel isn't going to look like yeah, the next person's either. And I think like it makes a lot of sense that yours would be through like finding like having empathy with other people because I think there's a there is something about you that you know where you were kind of taught to like shut that part of yourself down yeah, and not connect to it. And that's okay. Like a lot of people are, I think I was probably, I like probably overindulge with like how I feel, you know, like I go there too much and I don't know how to shut it off. But I think you, you maybe like have a more, you know, some people have like an overactive, like, you know, fight or flight kind of anxiety reaction some people have like a, you know, they have no fear and they just do reckless shit. <laughs> it's like that. I think that's just kind of like how you go about it. And well, and that was like your entry. In perspective, it's like divine plan is like, I think we weren't ready. And I think, you know, maybe the the fact that the spirit didn't come into this physical reality, like taught us a lot of things we also i don't feel like we were ready i think like we might have had a really rough time you know like i think it kind of helped us prepare you know oh, so- yeah yeah no just the loss of the yeah i think that of course like there is divine timing it doesn't take away from the tragedy of it okay. and i'm sure how like i know that 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 shit sucks um and and i'm sure like you know, at the time, it it didn't feel like oh, there's <laughs> there's a purpose to all of this. But I think in the long run, yeah, m- more often than not, like it's like both and, right? Like it is a tragedy. It did feel horrible, but also at the same time, you can have the like understanding that maybe the timing was right. Like it doesn't have to be one or the other, and it doesn't take away from like. You can you can have you can hold two truths at the same time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I I hope that doesn't sound callous because I really don't mean it to, but I think that's kind of how I feel about things is like, yeah, am I frustrated with my situation? Absolutely. Do I know that it's all gonna be okay in the end and that there is that I'm like taking the right steps in the right direction and there is like divine timing at work? Like absolutely like they can both exist at the same time. Like I think I can have my like frustration and, you know, feel anxious and worried and also like know that 
it's going to be okay. And I mean, because to not honor like one to, to ignore one truth is like, you know, it's like to deny the whole truth, you know, like if both of those things are true at the same time and I can hold all of that at once, then I'm looking at the whole truth of it. Like I'm looking at the, the reality of it for me. It may not be like your perception or somebody else's perception, but like for me, this is what I feel is true. And I'm like trying to be aware of all of it rather than like try to be like wishful, magical thinking like, oh, it's all going to be fine. Like, I don't give a fuck. I don't have to do anything like God's going to provide or something like I, I know I have work to do and I know that like I'm slipping a little bit. Um, but like I have to acknowledge that like I have to accept that like. I have to kind of be hard on myself a little. Like, if I wasn't, then that wouldn't be fair. Like, that would be ignoring something, you know? I don't know. Like, I feel like it's not necessarily about being hard on yourself. I think it's about being authentic. I think that's the key to everything. Like, Well, me being authentic is pushing myself a little bit more because, like, I'm not. Yeah, but that's not who you are. (laughs) <laughs> no i think it is i think i i think i do have to kick myself in the ass a little bit ruby <laughs> that's not who you are how do you know who i am come oh, on ruby i can read right through you okay <laughs> like you can read through me okay, okay fair enough, that's fair not enough. who you are that's not who you are you're a projector you're here to bring out like you just read something so insightful about me that's who you are you're yeah. not a grinder you're not working in the coal mine, okay? No, you're, I certainly am not. No, you're here to like interact and like share what you're feeling from people and using that in a way to serve humanity. And if it's doing memes, like reading the collective unconscious, it's doing memes. It's doing I love a- that shit. I, <laughs> I really do. And I love reading for people. I miss reading for people. We should we're gonna go live this week yeah, on maybe. Instagram. On uh, are we gonna do it on spiritual graffiti? Or are we gonna do it on blue collar? We'll do it on. Well, we could do it on mine and spiritual graffiti at the same time. Oh yeah, like I'll be on. Okay, yeah. Because well, I think it will it will use my followers or whatever. Yeah, so we'll go live on yours, but I'll join as blue collar. How about yeah. that? Um. But okay, we should do that. I think that would be really fun because we used to do this on Instagram before P got rid of his Instagram or not Instagram TikTok. <laughs> Yeah, Pete got rid of his TikTok. That's no more, but you can find us on Instagram um, at spiritual grief at spiritual graffiti pod at blue collar spiritualist is Pete's IG. Um, yeah, Ruby. what day? What day do you think? Like, um, I don't know. Let me uh, figure it you, out. Yeah, I'd rather do I'll it let you know because you know people are like home doing nothing. You know. Wait, what did you say? I said I'd rather do it at night because people are like home doing nothing. Yeah, and you're at work doing nothing. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, Okay. Well, we'll decide. Like maybe Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah, Thursday might be good. Thursday might be good. Okay. Um, Yeah. And then, yeah, follow us on Patreon. You can subscribe. Um, Yeah. Uh, I'll put the link in the description, but it's uh, patreon.com slash peaceful pathways. 
And I don't know. It's been an hour and a half. Yeah. I feel like there's more to there's more there's more to discover in this conversation, but we'll come back to it. We we'll come it. back to it. I hope it I hope this wasn't just a lot of like our childhood trauma and like really boring for people. Yeah, <laughs> no, I had a good time. I enjoyed it. And yeah. <laughs> All right. Yep. Yeah.